And it's fun to have you guys online. I heard that there's no picture, but there's only sound. So in your mind, think of me thinner and with hair. (laughs) Unless you think of me like The Rock, I'll take that too. I'll take that too. That'd be fine too. Hey, today we are continuing our series on No Live Tell. So we did two weeks on No, we did a week on Live, and today we're talking about Tell. So... Here's what I want to do. I want to do a quick little review. And all of you who are kids, who've been up in kids' church, and then youths that are here, college students that are here, you know this story. You know it well. I just, what I want to do is kind of review a little bit. So Jesus came to earth, and he lived how long with his disciples? Do you guys remember? You can talk in church. Three years, three and a half years, something like that. And the whole time he was here, they kept expecting that he was going to take over the world. That he was going to defeat the Roman Empire, that he was going to make Jerusalem and Israel strong again, and they were going to be famous and have the glory that they had with King David and King Solomon. And so they kept telling him, Jesus, is this now when you're going to do it? And he kept telling them, guys, I came here. Now, he didn't quite say it this way. I mean, reading it from nowadays, we see what he was saying, but he kept telling them, I came to rule in their hearts first. And then everything he did was about that. I mean, he taught about changing people's hearts, changing their minds, changing their value system, the way they worked. His whole Sermon on the Mount was turning everything upside down. It wasn't just following rules. It was following rules for the right reason. It wasn't cleaning your room because your mom said to. Would you guys clean your rooms if your mom didn't tell you? (laughs) No, let's be honest. Who would clean your room anyway? Okay, like, yeah. That's probably accurate, 2% of the whole crowd. Okay, but there comes a point when you do it because you want to, right? It's the right thing to do. You want it to be like that. I had a friend in high school, this is a true story. We were getting ready to go somewhere, and we had to stop by his house because he needed to change. And so (laughs) when we got ready to walk into his room to change, I wasn't going to go in there because he could change on his own in his room, right? But when he opened the door, I look at the, I could not see the carpet, there were clothes piled, and it wasn't just a layer of clothes. It was so thick. I, you couldn't even walk through that room, but he did, and here's what he did. This is so true. Oh, my gosh. It'd be funny if he's watching this, too, from San Diego. Uh, here's what he did. He walked over to this pile of clothes. There was clothes everywhere, and he started picking stuff up and smelling it. No, nah, I can't wear that. And then he went and, like, smelled that, and it's, I am not even kidding. And I'm like, dude. Everything, is anything clean in here? He goes, well, here's how it works because my mom got mad because I don't put stuff away. So she'll wash stuff if I put it in the laundry and then she just throws it in here. Wow, okay. He needed to get to the point, I don't know if he ever did because I haven't talked to him. I haven't seen his room in 30 years, okay? But I hope he got to the point where he did the right things for the right reason because it's the right thing to do. Now, when Jesus called the disciples, especially Peter, he told him he was going to teach him how to be fishers of what? Did somebody say bass? Because I'm good with that, but I don't, I don't know if they have bass there. He said fishers of men. What did he mean by that? Somebody know? What did he mean? Oh, come on. You can talk in church. Are you afraid to be wrong? What did he mean? Why did he say fishers of men? He, yes, that is exactly right. Oh, okay. He heard the same Bible story at school, he said. Probably better, too. But here's what he said. It's so people could bring people to Jesus. And that's the whole point. So let's fast forward a little bit. Jesus dies on the cross for our sins. 
All the disciples see it. Everybody sees it. He raises from the dead. He appears over 500 people to the disciples a number of times. There's all this that happens. He's about ready to go up into heaven. Now the disciples don't know that for sure. And they're still asking him, when are you going to take over the world? And he's still telling them, it's about taking over people's hearts. But this is how he tells them. He tells them, we call it the Great Commission. This is what he says to them. Now, I want you to understand something. This is what he tells them right before he goes into heaven. So it's probably one of the most important things he tells them. He says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Before, you, before that goes off. Therefore, go. So when were they supposed to go? Right away, right? Because what happens next is he goes up into heaven and they're just standing there. And then an angel comes and says, this is really kind of funny. So many, so many things in scripture are funny. If you just, if you have my brain, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the problem. If you see it the way I do, because I'm seeing it like this. They're just like, and the angel says, what are you doing here? Why are you staring up into heaven? Go do what he said to do. Get after it. Go do it. He just said, go and go. That's not quite how it went, but that's how I heard it in my mind when I read it. He tells them to go. But here's the thing that's really interesting. In, in our English that the Bible is translated into, sometimes we don't see the tenses that are there. And what's really cool is in the Greek, it, it really says, as you are going, do this. You know what that means? It was assumed they were going to go. There was no question that they were going to go. Now, let me ask you how that worked. Now, he said, and he was right, Jesus told them that they were going to bring people to Jesus. So let me just tell you how this worked. We call them disciples and here's what they did. Jesus discipled them, which means what? Taught them, right? Taught them how to do it. How, this is how you live the life. This is what you're supposed to do. Here's how you're supposed to do it. And so he taught them. So Jesus discipled them. Then they were disciples. Then the disciples discipled disciples. Are you with me yet? Then the disciples discipled disciples. Then the disciples discipled disciples. Are you ready? Then the disciples, disciples, disciples. Can you do this with me? Then the disciples, disciples, disciples. Can anybody? It's kind of a tongue twister. Then the disciples, 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 and the disciples, disciples, disciples. And then it got down to you. Do you realize that? Do you realize I was discipled and then I'm discipling you? Did you know that's how that works? And your parents were discipled and then they're discipling you. And then whoever, wherever you've been to church your whole life, they were discipled and then they've been discipling you. The idea is that that's supposed to go on and on and on and on, starting with Jesus to the disciples. And he told them, as you are going, you need to make disciples. So who's supposed to make disciples? Who? But who now? Who said us? Because here's what usually happens. And I know I've used this example a lot, but it happened to me again this week where I was out somewhere and somebody that it was time to pray. And guess who they asked to pray? Why do they ask me? Because I'm the professional Christian in the room. I get paid to be a Christian, right? And I pray better than everybody else. Is that right? Why are you saying no? I mean, seriously, right now. But that's the point. Why me? I get it. I'm a pastor and I, I, I understand because I've been, I've been in this situation a lot of times. I've even brought it up like, why are you asking me to pray? And I literally had a friend of mine say this once like, 
Well, it's kind of embarrassing to pray in front of you because we feel like you might be judging our prayer and, you know, <laughs> grading your prayer. And I, I just, you know, I laugh because of like, really? You, you know me, really? Plus, I guess your prayers get graded by how many answers or how it's answered. I don't know. I don't think it works that way. And it certainly doesn't work that with me with me. But here's what happens. Even though all of us are supposed to be discipling others, what ends up happening is a lot of times we think it's just the professional Christian's job. Like Pastor Dennis or Pastor Jerry who was up here a minute ago or Pastor Nick or Pastor Jeremy, right? Is that right? Whose job is it? It's your job. Let's say it like this just so it, it sinks in a little bit. I want you to say, it's my job. Are you ready? It's my job. Say it again. It's my job. I couldn't hear everybody. I'm not, I'm not wanting you to yell. I'm just saying. Here's what I'm saying. Thank you. Now I hear you. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I heard this quote a long time ago, and you probably heard it too, but it's just fun to read. And I want to read it. Because a lot of people think it's somebody else's job. Maybe somebody who's better at it or smarter or been a Christian longer or holier. Do you know somebody who's holier than you? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know who this kid is over here, but that is a special kid right there. <laughs> it's just funny. Hey, did you ever have that experience where this maybe you have to be of a certain age, but maybe you saw a Left Behind movie or something, and then you came home and nobody was there and they're supposed to be there, and you thought, oh God, did I miss the rapture? Have you guys ever had that happen? And who did you call? Who did you check on? Grandma, because she's more spiritual than you? And you knew if she was gone, you'd be gone. You'd be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did he say? 911. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So <laughs> the, the point is, a lot of us, even though you're supposed to be discipled, and then they disciple disciples and disciples, 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 on down to you, and you're supposed to be the fishers of men now, and you're supposed to be discipling people, we think it's somebody else's job. So you may have heard this before. I don't know who wrote it originally. I tried to do a little research. I, it's, it might have been Chuck Swindoll. Don't know, but that's the only person I saw credited with it. But anyway, it goes like this. There was an important job to be done. And everybody was asked to do it. Who's everybody? You. Okay, but everybody was asked to do it, but everybody was sure somebody would do it. So anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. So somebody got angry because it was everybody's job, but everybody thought anybody would do it, but then nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it, and it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody should have done. <laughs> I don't know if you all can hear this going on over here. He just said, that sounds weird. Here's the thing. It's everybody. Everybody. Now, in that verse, it did say, as you're going, make disciples. But then it also talks about going where? Where does it say to go? All nations, right? All nations. So somebody in this crowd, and maybe somebody's already done this, because we do have people who've been missionaries before, been going to tell people in other countries, and God definitely does that. He uses people to do that all the time, and he uses people just like you. And I know missionaries who started, who felt called when they were in high school or middle school or younger. And I, knew, I know missionaries who are now on the mission field and they were already in their 50s, had a business and realized, God's calling me to leave everything here in the United States and go to another country and do what God said to do and be disciples. I know people like that. 
So I don't think, I don't think any of you are exempted from that. Some of you could be called to do that. But here's something I want to just emphasize before we go today. Jesus didn't mean to just do it there. Do you realize he means for you to do that now here? Here. <laughs> and you might be thinking like me, here like at church? Well, maybe. There might be people here who need to hear right now. But let me just say this for a second. No matter where your life has lived, if you're a student right now, if you are home, if you are working from home, or if you're working at a job, or no matter what you do in your life, I really believe God is so clever this way that he intentionally places you in a unique place to reach unique people. I really do believe that. And I've used this example before, and I think it's true. I'm just going to use it again. I, I'm not so sure that you picked the house you bought because of whatever it was. I know for our house, there's a few things that we thought, wow, that's cool, because Nicole always wanted those things, and we had them. So we had a hydrangea, bushes. She really loves those. And then we also had a uh, magnolia tree in the front yard. And then what's funny is it was the wrong color. We didn't know that because we moved in at Christmas. And then when it popped, it's a weird yellow magnolia. Have you ever seen those? I know they're really special, but it's just not what we had in mind. But what if, what if we didn't pick the house because of that? What if, what if we really picked the house because God wanted us to share Christ with a neighbor and we were the only ones then who would be able to do that? Because we share a fence and, and our dog barks at them and we end up talking about that all the time. And maybe that's because God wanted us to reach them and that was the opportunity that we had and that's why we're there. What if that's true? Those of you who are still in school... Think about this. I'm going to use an example. There's, well, let's, let's, let's use Tanner right now. Okay, so see where Tanner's sitting right there? Look at how many people are within arm's reach of him. Have you ever thought about this? There's eight people right there. Not that he's going to reach out and touch every one of them, but think about this. How many classes do you have at school? Seven? Six? Four? Four? Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. Think about this for a second. I, I love how God does this. Think back to when you were in school, if, if you're out of school, even if you're still in school. Think about a class. Can you picture somebody in that class? Get, thank you. <laughs> uh, you can picture somebody in that class. Think about this for a second. Those of us who are adults and have been out of school for a long time, have you seen those people for a while? Probably not. But there was a moment in time there was this glimmer of time where you were around them every single day, every day. And that doesn't mean you were friends with every one of them, but, but think about all the conversations, the opportunities that you may have had to tell them about Jesus, that, and that's gone. But there was that window of time where four classes, five, six, seven classes you have, and you have different people around you every time, and you have an opportunity to talk to people like that. Think about your job. You probably didn't hire all the people that you work with every day. And maybe some of you did, but maybe some of you didn't. But here you are every day in relationship, talking with people, and it may not have been the people you... It's not your circle, it's just who you're placed with. And maybe God did it on purpose because you are the unique individual, the one to share Christ with them and nobody else could. What if, what if where you go to get your coffee in the morning isn't just because you like the flavor or the place or the service? What if it's because... That person right across the counter from you that you right now have kind of the superficial, hello, how you doing? You know what I got, my favorite. You buy that for me every day. And yet that person is the one that you could share something about Christ that would their eternity forever. See, it's not somebody's job. It's our job. It's each of us. And when Jesus told the disciples 
as you're going, make disciples. And then he said all nations. He didn't just mean the nations. He meant our neighborhood. And he meant our school. And he meant our coffee shop. And he meant where you get pancakes. Not here, I, but uh, he, meant, he meant everywhere you go. And whatever team you're on and whoever you interact with. And maybe, you're a, maybe you work in the hospitals and you, you have people that you work with. And as a teacher, think of the influence you have over all those students every day. It's an amazing, amazing thing. I'm going to ask you guys to shut your eyes for a second. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to think of somebody who you interact with every day. Who knows you? They know you. They watch you walk through problems. They, they know how it is when things don't go right for you, when things go, do go right for you. And I want you to think about them for a minute. I want you to think about what could it be that God placed me here to tell them? Is it possible? And if so, would you be willing to say something? I'm not saying that right now, this minute, you know what to say. Because I really do believe this. If you are willing, God will use you. If you're willing, he will prepare you. If you are willing, he will put that words in your mouth, the right words at the right time, the right place. And I don't want you to feel nervous about it. I want you to feel confident about it. Here's one thing you never forget. The Holy Spirit is working on their hearts long before you talk to them. And God loves them more than you ever will. And he's got it. He's got this under control. But most of the time, we think someone else will do it, so we don't say it. We don't do it. If you've got somebody in mind, I'm just going to ask you to pray for that person right now. I'm going to ask you to pray for them. And I'm going to ask you to think about who that is and what God would have you to say, perhaps. And then what I'm going to challenge you to do is to pray for that person literally every day until something changes, something happens. Let me pray with you for a minute. Father, I pray for everybody that's hearing me today, everybody online, everybody in this room. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would help us to be the somebody that says what you want us to say, to be fishers of men today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God, I lift up specifically those people that are on our minds, that man, woman, boy, child, that girl, whoever it is. God, you would give us the opportunity and then you would give us the words to say that would, that would make a difference in their lives forever. God, we're so thankful that you made a difference for us and we ask now that you would help us to make a difference for them. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close today, I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you again for Catalyst being here. Can you guys thank them real quick for all leading us in worship? And I would love for you to do this. Why don't you all stand with me as we get ready to head out? One of the things that I love about church um, I remember this happened one time when I was a kid in church and uh, somebody said, one of our leaders said, <laughs> this is what they said, you only come here to see your friends. And then they were, and I, it just stuck in my head, but that's a good reason to come to church. That's not the whole reason. You want to hear about Jesus, you want to be challenged, you want to worship, you want to fellowship. But yeah, fellowship is seeing your friends. So as you're heading out today, I want you to just greet some people Stick around, maybe introduce yourselves to some of the team from uh, Evangel. Find out where they're from. They're, all, they're from all over the place. I met a bunch of people from the uh, northern Midwest states. So for them, they, they said tomorrow and Wednesday is going to be really a nice weather for them. So God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful day.